Welcome into No Punt Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. It is officially the start of the new NFL year, uh, 2021, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, officially the start of the 2021 NFL season. And opening that season with us is the guy who closed the 2020 NFL season with us from the NFL Network and around the NFL, Mark Sessler. Thanks for coming on again, Mark. Hey, sure. And like we were talking before the show and I was like, hey, when was that? Like uh, August or September? Uh, because it is it is just all a blur at this point. Like the last year has been spent doing shows where I can hear like my two kids going absolutely nuts about eight feet away. And so you just, um, there's a guy typically like mowing the lawn on the other side. So <laughs> you're just doing your best to to survive. And, um, you know, very good to be back with you. Thanks for having me. Uh, anytime. Always welcome, Mark. Yeah, we, we say this to every single one of our guests, but anytime <laughs> we love having you on this is incredible and obviously this is your first time on with ryan and yes yes so. we 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 are we passed in the night last time our ships yes. and uh it's good it's good to uh to be with you too so yes. we've interacted on twitter a bunch so why not yes exactly yeah. excited to have you on and we're gonna start here because this is an entire show focused around free agency which officially started today can we just cut the bullshit and say it starts on monday every single year it's <laughs> so you. stupid the tampering period no it's free agency everyone calm down it's free agency um we're gonna start with the new england patriots because they decided to take every available free agent on the market on monday um if you lived on you know if you haven't heard any news they traded smartly marcus cannon to the houston texans um clearly that whole uh trading for who is their left tackle? I don't even know who it is at this point. Who's their, uh, Laramie Tunsil? Yeah, Tunsil. Yeah, so clearly Laramie Tunsil isn't working out. Um, oh, about Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah, they swapped. That, that, that flipped really quick. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it, we, we're going quick, Josh. We're going quick here. There's a lot to get through. Uh, they acquired back Trent Brown from the Las Vegas Raiders um, for a seventh and a fifth round pick, not in this upcoming year, in next year's draft. They moronically re-signed Cam Newton, but he's not going to be the starter. That's all that matters. Um, they signed two receivers, Kendrick Bourne from the 49ers and Nelson Aguilar from the Raiders. They signed two tight ends, probably the, 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 two, tight the ends, two tight ends. <laughs> the two tight ends, which we'll talk about in a second, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. Jonu for four years, 50. Henry for three years, 37 and a half. And then on the defensive side, they signed safety Jalen Mills. They re-signed Dietrich Wise, the defensive end. They get outside linebacker and pass rush specialist Matt Judon from the Ravens. Uh, Devon Gucho, I don't know how to say God his last show. name. Godshow, yeah. Godshow, thank you. Uh, D-tackle from the Miami Dolphins. Ironically enough, they stole Miami's D-tackle, and the Dolphins just signed Adam Butler, who, in my opinion, is the better defensive tackle. So very, very, very strange. Um, and then they also signed defensive end Henry Anderson to a cheap two-year, $7 million deal. I believe he was last with the New York Jets. I'm a fan of Henry Anderson. Doesn't do anything great, but he doesn't do anything bad. All-around great end. We're not here to talk about defense. We're talking about the tight ends. So, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, I don't think anybody had them not as their one-two tight ends in free agency. And I think a lot of people had one or the other probably going to New England or had New England in play for either both of these guys or just one of them in anticipating at least one of them going there. Mark, both of them went there. So this is very reminiscent of the Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski days of Hunter Henry playing the Gronk role and Jonah Smith playing the Hernandez role. How do you see them fitting one in the scheme of 
football and two in the scheme of fantasy football. They're both so versatile. And I, I think like, I know, I know that the fantasy community, when you saw Hunter Henry go the next morning, heads are exploding because these would have been two prime, you know, breakout candidates somewhere else. I thought the Jaguars were like a great lock potentially for Hunter Henry to see what they have coming at quarterback, but in new England, um, I really trust them to find a way Josh McDaniels to, to unleash both. And I think it opens up what the Patriots can do right up the middle of the field. I think they're still, um, you know, depending on what happens at quarterback, this will always be a team that wants to run the ball a lot. I really just think so. And like, so this only helps that. And um, to me, it's, it's the, the wet, like I'm much more intrigued with this, this duo than what they added at wide receiver. Although I don't dislike Kendrick Bourne as like a depth guy. Um, the Nelson Aguilar thing, I, I just, you know, these players that have the one kind of breakout year, um, they concern me when they get big, big money. But you're looking at both these tight ends, and Hunter Henry's had an interesting history, obviously, with the injuries. And Jonu Smith, I think, is, you know, someone that the numbers weren't there, but you can see that he can do everything. And he, the, I, I think it just creates versatility for this offense that last year was so stuck in the mud so paint by numbers and hard to watch because they just, you're not operating with the same weapons on the shelf. And so I think Bill Belichick who turned 69 next month was like, we're getting back to what I know we can do well, which is a two tight end offense. Um, and I don't think that we've seen the last big move and it's going to be a quarterback that can, com that completely complements all this. And I really view them as a team that's going to zoom up in the draft or aggressively try to, if something else doesn't happen between now and then, to find a guy that can make Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith make sense. I don't really view Cam Newton as that guy, and I don't think many do. Ryan, you traded me. Or I traded for Jonu Smith in our Dynasty League, and I told you I was going to tell you on Wednesday why you were wrong in trading him away. But you have both Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. On and your, Nelson Aguilar. And Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> yeah. You're the the all-Patriots free agency squad on yes. your team. Let, let's just uh, caveat, he has Travis Kelsey, so he doesn't need any of these tight ends. Um, but you gave away Jonu Smith and Dynasty. Uh, and are you still actively shopping Hunter Henry, or were you just looking to shop both of them? Because I'm sure Dynasty owners may have one or both of them. So what are you doing in this situation? Why did you get rid of Jonu Smith, I guess? Why would you? Why did you get rid of him? Kelsey helps. Um, so I was already somewhat down on Janu. Uh, my biggest concern, and I, I do think Mark is right, that they're going to make a change. I just, that's such a drastic change from going from a team that ran the fewest two tight end sets last year to now having arguably the best tight end duo in the entire league. I don't know how well they're going to adapt to that change. And then I'm down on Cam Newton. I was not of the mind. when they hey, it when took they you signed, a year, but you're there. Yeah. Well, and I was not <laughs> of the mind that, he's signed to not be the starter. Even if they bring in a rookie, I imagine Cam's the starter for at least the immediate. And then that rookie has to now also learn the two tight end set with the entire rest of the offense. Um, if John were there by himself, I view him as almost exactly what he was in Tennessee, just because there were so few pass attempts in new England last year. And there clearly should be passing the ball more to where he's a back end tight end one, a top 10 tight end. 
but the gap between tight end four and tight end 10 in fantasy is monstrous. And that's just not someone I'm trying to hold on my team. So if I can make a move, I was going to make a move. I wanted to get back into the draft. I've heard, you know, the first two rounds of this year's rookie draft are where you want to be. But then I turn around and flip that pick today to get Corey Davis, because <laughs> as we do, we write an article about a guy and fall in love with him. And I wrote an article saying how I think the Jets are a good landing spot for Davis. So I went out and inquired Davis in every dynasty league that I'm in, because that's the kind of guy I am. Read my articles and and you know exactly what I'm trying to do in <laughs> fantasy football. I, the open open book here. So for me, it's just if there's any value in moving a guy who at best is a top 10 tight end, I'm, I'm going to take that move immediately, especially when I have Travis Kelsey, who is the god of fantasy tight ends for at least the next two to three years. So, Josh, any words there on Jonu and Hunter Henry? I think I feel like this is a move that will boom in 2022. You know, kind of going along what Ryan was talking about, where, you know, you're potentially bringing in a young quarterback to kind of learn this new two tight end set system that the Patriots really haven't deployed frequently for 10 years, almost, it feels like. And even when they first brought in Gronk and Hernandez, they didn't really know fully how they were going to utilize these two. You're bringing in two new guys, both of them obviously very experienced. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. I would not be shocked if you see these guys struggle, not even just for the first half of the season coming up, but the full season. Maybe Cam is the starter for the full season. And if that's the case, how can you trust either of these guys? You you just can. I'm sorry. Like, so, I wouldn't trust any weapon on the Patriots outside of maybe Damian Harris for so, four weeks. <laughs> I mean, but then there's a rumor they're in on Chris Carson. So it's just well, like, okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> This is, this is a move Chris for Carson me. Like, I'm not overpaying to get him, but I would wait and acquire him midseason when he struggles because I think 2022 is the year. And I, I forget the exact logistics, but I traded the 10th pick in the second round, which to me yeah. is a third round pick. Um, and then Ryan gave me a third round pick. And then I think we swapped fourths. It was literally swapping third round picks and fourth round picks. And I got Janu. So, um, and yeah, I, I mean, that's not a bad deal for you. No, no, I think I think both I think both sides had a solid trade. I have I had Dallas Goddard too, so I didn't really need a tight end. Um, but here's here's why I think Jono will struggle less than Hunter Henry. Henry will play in a Gronk role where he will block more than he does catch passes, and he'll be used mostly in the red zone. I think you see Hunter Henry's touchdown numbers go up to eight. I, I mean, ten is like really pushing it but I think he's going to be somewhere around the eight, nine area. John O. Smith. Think back to Aaron Hernandez, 2011, 2012. He was used as a running back as a guy at the tight end position who'd take end arounds as a guy who runs out of the slot, a guy who runs out of tight end, a guy who runs out wide. John O. Smith is going to be that guy. And as, as athletic as Aaron Hernandez was, John O. Smith is more athletic if not the exact same amount of athleticism. So I think they're going to use him exactly in the Hernandez role like they did back in 2012. That's why I was so, okay, I saw Jonu Smith available. I want him now. Like, I want him now because I think he truly will be utilized more than Hunter Henry in this offense just based off of past history. If if he, if he you know, is what he was last year, great, fine. I still have a starting tight end, and I traded third and fourth round picks. Um, but I think Josh is right. Don't overpay to get him. Don't get too excited if you're a Patriots fan and be like, oh yeah, John Smith, we got the best tight end in the market. 
Jono Smith will be used in blocking and goal line situations because he is weirdly, for his athleticism, an unbelievable blocker. Like, he's really good in the trenches for his athleticism. So he'll be on the field. My assumption is 95% of the snaps because he's going to be used everywhere. Um, I think this low key takes a ding at Damian Harris because of how much they're going to utilize John Smith, but I wouldn't worry about it too much when it comes to Harris. I think if you had him as, you know, a low end RB two high end RB three, I don't think it changes. Well, I, I really Cam's don't the quarterback. What cam does at the goal line kills. It Harris doesn't matter. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter. Um, all right. We'll, we'll end there on the Patriots. Uh, also, uh, I'm just going to do a brown, brown, brown anytime there's a signing. So brown, 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 um, uh, Matthew Prater, former Lions kicker, has signed with the Arizona Cardinals. So for those of you uh, who are Matthew Prater owners, <laughs> beware. He is now kicking. Actually, that's huge news for Matthew Prater owners. One, because Arizona has no clue how to score in the red zone. Yep. So that oh, yep. that's big time. That is big time if you're a Matthew Prater owner. Um, and he's kicking indoors again. And he has one of the biggest legs in the NFL. So I think he has an earring, too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, crucial. If you, if you like, oh, that's the kind of if information you, that I'm trying to bring to the show. I love so. it. Yeah. <laughs> one, one more, one more news to report from Rappaport: the Jaguars are trading uh, Josh Oliver, tight end, to the Ravens for a conditional draft pick. Oliver has been hurt much of the last two years. Another big, athletic guy. I think he's out of San Jose State. Yeah, somebody that could potentially fill in behind Mark Andrews. Yeah, because I saw. Jaguars inked what James O'Shaughnessy again, and they brought in or brought back somebody. Oh no, they brought in a uh, man hurts from Carolina. So, Oh yeah. And urban Meyer brought back Carlos Hyde from his 2012 Ohio state. Days. So <laughs> we're really, we're, we're running the wagon back. I spent, um, I spent all of yesterday defending Carlos Hyde, which is something I never <laughs> thought I would have to do. Oh, so stupid. So stupid. Everyone, everyone that was, that was like, Oh, the Jaguars won't go like, you know, they're, they're going to be better this year. Nope. They're going to go four and 12. Cause Urban Meyer is going to sign his entire 2014 <laughs> Ohio state squad. Carlos Hyde hasn't been good in the NFL. He's only been good in college. So good, good, good job, Urban. You're off to a great start with your team. Chris man hurts. You're starting tight end. Good job. Um, <laughs> Okay, low-risk quarterback deals. That's the next step here. Dak, obviously back with Dallas. That was released last week. Uh, Taysom Hill signs the biggest deal in NFL history, but it's fake, so what does it matter? Um, that, that deal shows you how stupid the cap is in the NFL. That shows you whatever cap space. The Saints were $65 million over the cap. Doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Yeah. The cap is useless, absolutely it's useless. Uh, but they signed Jameis Winston to a very incentive-based uh, contract, one for five and a half, and I believe he can get up to 12 in that deal. So Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston going to ballot it out for the starting job down in New Orleans. Andy Dalton signs to be presumptively the starting quarterback in Chicago at the moment, one year's 10 million. Jacoby Brissett signs to be the backup in Miami, one year, seven and a half. Shocking, the uh, more former Patriots players going to play under... Yeah. Um, I, why am I blank? Brian Flores. Thank you. Blanking on the coach's name. Uh, uh, Tarod Taylor signs to be the starting quarterback in Houston. Which credit uh, to Mark. I was checking out your free agent article, your like wish list article from early March, and you had Tyrod Taylor going to Houston. It was, so. Yeah, it was matching a player with a team. And I thought the Texans at that time did not seem like a a place where you're going to get everyone wanting to go. You know, they're, they're flush in total chaos. And I was like, Hmm, Tyrod Taylor makes like per the perfect 
um, sense here for them. And we can spend another offseason with some poor uh, reporting crew having to tout Tyrod Taylor as an NFL starter until <laughs> September 8th or 9th when a rookie takes over or he gets a stab. Right, right. Yeah. That, that whole situation. So it's it's very predictable. Okay, sorry. I see this interaction happening on YouTube. Josh, you're a moron. Shut up. I don't want that. Um, <laughs> Matt, Matt, I like the first guy you put on there, Trey Lance. I I think Trey Lance has the bit has the probably of all the guy the top four guys. You know, Mac Mac Jones is is flipped in there, but you have Fields, Lawrence, Wilson, and Lance is normally the fourth guy. Some people have Mac Jones as the fourth. I think Lance has the best probability of falling to fifteen. I would agree with that. I would I would like Trey Lance, and with how aggressive the Patriots have been, I think there's a shot because they have spent, I think over the last 10 years, they spent like $300 million in free agency, and just this year alone, they spent 150. So I think it's higher than that even at this point. It's higher like it's, now. Yeah. Yeah. It's. So, I mean, they're just going completely polar opposite than before, and I'm with you there. I totally think they're trading up for someone, and I wouldn't totally count them out for Deshaun Watson based on – Nick Casario's relationship. I mean, I don't, I, yeah. I just think the Patriots are not going to roll out Cam Newton. It's going to be someone else. I, and like I said, sorry, Ryan, quickly, I, I like Cam Newton as a backup. I think he's a fantastic leader. And Lee brings up the point would you have a team captain or a guy like Cam Newton on the bench as a backup? Would it be more likely they cut him? Lee, his contract is dirt. Like he, it's an all incentive yeah. based contract. So I, I don't know if Cam would be a backup, but. I think keeping him as a backup wouldn't be a bad thing. Go ahead, Ryan. I was actually just going to ask Mark's opinion with uh, both the Saints quarterbacks. Do you have a favorite who you would like to see starting or who you think might be the starter there since they both kind of got the same deal, if you will? I've always been into Taysom Hill, but I think what happened last season um, was a little bit extra, a little bit much. And he he kind of, I don't see him as a starter personally. Um, Jameis, you know, we all know the pluses and minuses there. I think this is a Sean Payton. Um, he like this is a challenge to him. He talked about this that he wants like an, a true competition, and I hope it is a true one. But I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where you don't see you don't see Hill speckled into the offense o- offense like here and there because Payton yeah. cannot get away from that. I mean, he even did that with Jameis Winston last year on a couple yeah. deep passes. So I do think you're going to get the closest will be to like a shuttling between two guys in certain situations, which. Those those don't those don't ever really work out that well, and I do wonder if like a year from now the, the Saints are completely about a different quarterback situation, or if they too might not be really aggressive and climb up. We had Jeff Duncan on who covers the Saints on our show, and he thought that there was a possibility that there's something else happening here that, that beside the funny money for Taysom Hill that they are a candidate to leap up and get a quarterback in the draft. So wow, TBD. They've cleared a lot of cap space too. Yeah. And I mean, shedding a lot of that now. Magically, yeah. It, yeah. And, and it plays <laughs> in future years, too. So, I mean, just look at what, you know, the Patriots did last year in preparation for this year. I think you could very well see the Saints essentially trying to do something similar so that it gives them a little bit of leeway to make those types of moves, whether it's in the draft or free agency next year. Yeah. Two, two things to wrap up the quarterback deals here. Uh, if Winston's the starter, it's going to be a big wake up call from check down safety man, Drew Brees to, I don't give a F Jameis Winston throwing the football. <laughs> so saints fans be prepared. Um, and you're going right- to have to see Michael Thomas run different routes. That's all I got to say. Well, yeah, because <laughs> slant routes and stop rounds ain't going to cut it. 
Um, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick to Washington. Really, really, come on, Washington. Taylor Heineke, get out of here. Taylor Heineke is a younger, more Bro. agile, less facial-haired Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let the boy play. Please let the boy play. Oh, you know what? I like I, this move more for fantasy than I do real life. I, I do as well. I, I think Heineke gives them a better chance to win in real life, but Fitzpatrick for receivers and fit. Ta- Terry McLaurin's going to have a, like 17 targets a game if Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter. And so, 1,700 yards. Yeah. <laughs> like, look what, look what Fitzpatrick did with Devontae Parker. Now put Terry McLaurin in that situation. Light it up, baby. Let's go. Um, I still think, I, I, again, I think even if Heineke is the starter, I think McLaurin probably gets 10, 11 targets a game, and he's going to haul in seven or eight of them. I, I think whoever's starting, it doesn't matter. Uh, Dwayne Haskins started, and Terry McLaurin was a god. So either of these guys are an upgrade at this point. Don't worry about Terry McLaurin. I think it's going to be an interesting quarterback battle if these are the two guys going into camp for the well, Washington football team. The draft, so. Yeah, they yeah. could. All right. Running backs with new homes. Most of them are backups, but here we go. Aaron Jones returns to Green Bay. Four years, 48, which is 12 million a year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, the best fullback in the league, returns to San Francisco on a five-year, $27 million deal. If we compared fullback contracts, Kyle Juszczyk is like the Bill Gates. And <laughs> yeah, every I think other- he's making more over the life of his contract than all the fullbacks combined. Yeah. Like it's yeah. unbelievable. Kyle Juszczyk is Warren Buffett and every other fullback is my financial situation. If we're comparing, <laughs> we're comparing everything. Accurate. Carlos. Yeah. Thank you. Carlos Hyde uh, signs with the Ohio state Buckeyes two years, four and a half million dollars. Jacksonville uh, Buckeyes. Get it right. The Ohio state Buckeyes. Uh, just they're weird. They're playing in Jacksonville for like the next seven years. It's big Ohio crowd down in Florida. They they want to get out of this cold weather. So yes, I'm true. sure. <laughs> um, and our our uh, my my buddy. Um, oh my god, I'm I'm like freaking. I'm blanking on ah, your buddy, today. and you don't even know his name. I'm Good literally job, I'm literally blank on names. <laughs> Richard, who runs the fan show, he does an amazing job over there. He is a 49ers fan, so he is he's a big uh, he's a big juice guy. Um, Devontae we Booker. did not know that was his nickname on our show, by the way. We, we, we stumbled no across that. I, I never heard of that. You never go never like on pro football, different like on pro football reference and, and they have the, I don't know who's yeah. organizing, but the database of various nicknames, like yes. Tom Brady is the Pharaoh according, apparently. And like, I, I don't know well, what vetting system are these names going through, <laughs> but Ju- but juice, he clearly, he uses that himself. Yeah. Uh, use checks. So fair someone, enough. I saw someone allude to that, not knowing the nickname either. They're like, are we bringing OJ back? Like what is going on here? <laughs> right? right. We haven't heard, we haven't heard juice since the nineties. Um, Devonte Booker signs with the New York giants to presumably back up Saquon. Uh, Malcolm Brown signs with the Miami dolphins. Jamal Williams signs with the Detroit lions, two years, seven and a half. Lamar Miller back in the NFL signing with the Washington football team. Just another old decrepit running back signing with the Washington football team. You know, it's Adrian Peterson light. <laughs> very, very light. Uh, Marlon Mack re-signs with Indy. Don't worry about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and that's really our looking at for running backs. So the only guy I really want to talk about here is Aaron Jones. Do we really need to talk about it? What does this change, Mark? Does it change anything from his value last year? What are we looking at with Aaron Jones heading into 2021? Well, I guess Jamal Williams being gone. I mean, this is, I think Aaron Jones can do it all and he can be a part of the passing game. And I think that, in, that grows, if anything, I mean, I, I, you know, if they were going to, at some point, put a ton of faith into AJ Dillon and move on from Jones, that would have been 
uh, interesting to me. I wouldn't have done this. This is a team in a Super Bowl window. Jones, 30 touchdowns over two years. I think he's fifth in the NFL history in yards per carry. He's just been consistent. He gets better. And I know that there's this, I get the whole pain, the running back thing, but I look at like Aaron Jones, I look at like Alvin Kamara. I look at Nick Chubb and I say, you don't move on from someone who's woven into the identity of your team. I mean, yep. plenty of teams I just don't think that fits for, and you wouldn't pay the running back. You move on, you get younger. Like, I think early on it was like, would Jones go to the Dolphins? And I thought that that may be a possibility, but they have a ton of draft picks. Like, they are a team that maybe you don't do that and you go draft someone. But he works in Green Bay. He's a known quantity for a team that is like itching to get to the threshold and get into the Super Bowl. So you don't want to find out that you made the wrong decision in week three or four at that yeah. at running back. So That's I like it. I don't. It's thirteen million guaranteed. It's not over four years. This is not the worst deal on the planet. But it also just shines a light on last year's draft class for the Packers, and it's just like, what the hell were you guys doing? Yeah. Like yeah. you go through and you spend a second round pick on AJ Dillon, hand your existing running back a four year deal. You got Aaron Rodgers, he goes out, wins MVP, but then wasted a first round pick on a quarterback. It's like, you know, you should be maximizing this window and they're not doing it at all. Someone even brought up their third round pick um, was that Joseph Daguerre or Josiah uh, Daguerre. Daguerre, yeah. And then they're tendering Robert Tunyon. So. Yep. Josiah Daguerre, yeah. I just, I, I want to rewind quickly back to our running back free agency preview with Kate from Ball Blast as she laid into me for my Leonard Fournette as my third running back pick. And she's like, Oh, I would have taken AJ Dillon two rounds later. Aha. Uh -huh, Kate jokes on <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> uh -oh. Jokes on you, Kate. Um, <laughs> for fantasy. I like this for Jones because it frees up probably 30 to 40 passing targets. And Dylan yeah. doesn't seem to be the kind of guy who's going to take many, if any of those Dylan's going to see carries, but it's not like Williams. Wasn't Williams was averaging over 140 uh, touches over the last four years. Um, so there's going to be plenty of work for each of these guys. The biggest concern, touchdown regression has been a concern for Aaron Jones. It's basically his nickname. Let's go put that on pro player reference. Well, I mean, he did regress. <laughs> oh, and he did. Yeah, from what? 16, 16 to from 9 16 or on the ground or something. Yeah. But I mean, but then you look at the, the positive regression, quote, you know, so to speak, yeah. with Rodgers, who went from 27 to 48. Yep. So obviously he's coming back down to earth. So where are some of those other touchdowns going? I still think Jones is going to be a nine to 12 touchdown guy, but now Dylan's going to be, all right, how does he work into this mix? Because I don't see how you can't give a 250 pound running back carries inside the five. Yeah. I think it, it's going to be a headache for fantasy managers. Cause I think what you're going to end up seeing happen is Jones is going to dominate carries from 10 to 10. And then Dylan's going to come in and ultra those touchdowns. But all in all, Jones is still, in my opinion, going to be a top five fantasy running back. I only wanted him to go to two places. Mark, you touched on the other one. I wanted him in Miami simply because of how they choose to use their RB1s there. Or I wanted him to stay in Green Bay because exactly what Mark said, it works. And in fantasy, I mean, obviously this is the real NFL, but in fantasy, you stick with what works. So. Yep. I just, what? how do you pos positively regress? That doesn't... There it's may be not, another word we could apply there. I'm not, not sure, about I'm it. not sure what it is. But it's, stupid, but. it's progression. You progress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word. I, I actually tried to have this fight 
<laughs> years ago when I first got onto the fantasy scene. I wasn't big enough then. I doubt I'm big enough now. But man, I also have hated positive regression. So it's a noble fight, though. <laughs> I I think you're on the right track. I appreciate it. It's so but I'm like, stupid. It's progress. It's progression. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so stupid. But before we move on here to some of the receivers, Ryan, you wrote a couple articles on one Jamal Williams, the former backup to Aaron Jones. And Carlos Hyde, the 2012 Ohio State University stud, who will now uh, rekindle his relationship. I will never not bring that up because I think it's the dumbest dumbest signing. I caught a ton of heat on Hyde, and I'm not defending Hyde. In no way do I think Hyde is fantasy relevant whatsoever this year. You you know people say that before they start defending someone, right? (laughs) No, no, no. no. All I'm concerned about is 85% carry share for James Robinson last year. I don't see a way that happens again. And the growing narrative is they're going to be a better team and there's going to be more pieces of the pie. I feel like that's a big leap from how not good they were last year. And you have a coach who we've not seen in the NFL, a quarterback we've not seen in the NFL outside of DJ Chark. They're replacing all of their wide receivers. It's just a lot that's changing there. And there's rumors that Chark could be on the trade block. Yeah, right. I heard that too. The, I don't the, think that's happening. The owner's brother kind of dove they, in and yeah, shot he, those rumors down. So it's his son. Yeah, and he basically oh, son, just was bad. like, okay. he was like, absolutely not. So I, that doesn't seem like that's happening right now. Yeah. If so. you, I don't think Chark's a true one, but if you put him with, if he's like a one B, Chark's dangerous. I'm sorry, you don't get. Yeah, that's that. what they need to get there is a, a second sturdy wide receiver, and then well, yeah, they did. But he's kind of the same thing as DJ Shark, which we'll get yeah. to in a minute. <laughs> um, and then for Jamal Williams, the big thing for me with Jamal Williams is uh, I, this does not hurt DeAndre Swift at all for me. DeAndre Swift no. is 22 years old. Dan Campbell is going to run a system that is catered to two backs, much like what they ran in New Orleans. And in this movie, DeAndre Swift is playing the Alvin Kamara role, and you want to get that. And my, the biggest takeaway from my article is if there is any hesitancy from the Alvin Kamara, or excuse me, the DeAndre Swift manager right now, pounce give up what you need to give up to get him on your team he is a 22 year old running back who can catch the football jamal williams is going to come in probably get i think it's going to be similar to what he saw in green bay i wouldn't Um, be shocked what we saw out of yeah latavius murray what we saw out of mark ingram when camaro was coming up but deandre swift is the back to own they might not be a good team but he's going to catch plenty of balls there because they don't have wide receivers either i mean i think also their play caller is anthony lynn and you can say whatever you want about his game management and stuff but um i mean he's going to want to run the ball he comes from that rex ryan world too so it's a good setup i think for both yeah, well, so that's what he was Comstock. doing with the Chargers. I say so you're you giving know, Comstock, and, Austin and Eckler, Eckler and, yeah. and Alvin yep. Kamara. Listen, that's what but, you want. <laughs> listen, he loves running the football so much he ran a quarterback sneak with no timeouts. <laughs> well, that's that's right. really fair. With 20 commitment. seconds left. That's called well, commitment, Joe. He's yeah. not in charge of the time management though. At this at this stop, I would. <laughs> yes, I would that's assume, that's so, big. You know. That's big. No. Right. Also not in charge of special teams, which he put himself in charge of, and then they proceeded to allow 21 special teams points to the Patriots, yeah. I think, the week after. So Less responsibilities feels appropriate. Yeah, yes. less responsibility feels feels right for him. All right, now to the wide receiver position. Uh, I believe Ryan said it earlier, Corey Davis to the New York Jets, three years, 37 and a half. That's a, a gagger right there. Um, Marvin Jones signs with Jacksonville, two years, 14 and a half. E-Man Sanders released by New Orleans and almost immediately signs with the Buffalo Bills one year, six million. They're basically filling the John Brown role with Emmanuel Sanders. Um, John Brown, speaking of that, will go to the Las Vegas Raiders. Love that. 
Uh, AJ Green signs a one-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals to play opposite DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and John Ross will sign a one-year deal to be on the IR for the New York Giants. So we don't really need to worry about that guy. But, uh, Ryan, you talked about Corey Davis. Uh, Josh, you talked about another receiver that had signed with Jacksonville, which is Marvin Jones. I think that the biggest fish here, I actually, I mean, maybe with these names here, the biggest fish is Corey Davis, because presumably he's going to New York to be the wide receiver one. Coming off of, I believe, his best year, this past year with the Tennessee Titans, uh, Ryan, I'll let you start since you traded for him and wrote an article about him and then we'll bounce it to Mark. Why are you so high on Corey Davis? I mean, they're a bad team. That's going to have to throw the ball a lot. I think it's pretty easy to say at this point in their careers, he's a better wide receiver than Denzel Mims and Jamison Crowder. Um, the big thing I looked at was how, what we saw from this offense in San Francisco could translate to New York and San Francisco until this past year, never really had a true alpha wide receiver. And you could argue IU could miss enough time that he wasn't that either, but they treated George Kittle like their wide receiver one. And Davis is a big body wide receiver. Um, Kittle averages seven targets a game. If that works for Corey Davis, that's 112 targets in a 16 game season. We're going to be playing 17 games next year. That's more targets than what he's seen in a season in his career it equals his highest targets. The number one wide receiver in a San Francisco offense, actual wide receiver, not George Kittle averages five touchdowns a year. Corey Davis has only hit five touchdowns one time. So it seems like his floor is starting to look more and more safe on a team that should have to throw the ball a lot, whether it's Sam Darnold or even better if it ends up being Justin Fields with that number two pick, because you want your wide receivers specifically in dynasty tied to young quarterbacks. Hopefully we can see some improvement out of Darnold, but if it's not Darnold, it'll end up being Fields, who is another young up and coming quarterback. Mark. Yeah. I, I think that like the thing about the jets um, to have Mike LaFleur, um, coming from that Kyle Shanahan world, that tree, I, I I think that the Jets jokes will be ending because I think along with Robert Sala that they they are they're in a different place. That whole division is, yep. and someone like Denzel Mims, um, you know, I, Jamison Crowder is a, is a good support system wide receiver there too. You're moving on from Adam Gase. It's like impossible to just kind of tell what who any of these guys were on the Jets. Yep. Um, you could have Zach Wilson as your quarterback. Who knows what will be going on? But there'll be a run-heavy team. But also, I mean, Shanahan had years in Houston where Andre Johnson was his number one and blowing up. So I don't think he's. I don't think there's an aversion to having a genuine number one guy. But you look at those Niners teams and you say they got they got a they got around. They did they they, they worked by getting around that because their run game. Plug in anyone. Plug in one of us, and you're going for 150 <laughs> yards half the time with that Niners team. And so I just you need if you can get that kind of coaching on offense, I think this can be a team that makes a major leap. I mean, just from the they, it's hard not to. But will it all happen in one year? I don't know. But everything is very different now. The, to me, Corey Davis just fits better as a one B or a two, and I think he showed that last year. He had arguably his best year when he was the wide receiver one for them two years prior. I think it was 2018. He had a 30 some odd percent target share and was still very blah as a number one guy. I think with Corey Davis, so much is going to be who's going to be their quarterback. Is it going to be a rookie? Do we get a, a solid full season out of Sam Darnold? Does he live up to that potential? To me, this move is predicated on whether or not Denzel Mims takes that next step and becomes that wide receiver one that I think the Jets expect him to be. If he does, I think this is a great signing for the Jets because then Davis can be 
I can win one-on-one battles. I don't have to worry about the double coverage. I can fit in my zone. I can play the, you know, the jump balls, whatever it needs to be. But if I'm the wide receiver one and I get all that double coverage, the Jets offense is screwed. Just my thought. And while it feels like Corey Davis has been around forever, I found it interesting when I was doing my article, Davis is only two years older than Mims. So, I mean, that's a younger wide yeah, he receiver came out early. there. So, yeah. So, quickly before we get to Angie's question, because I love her question. Uh, Corey Davis, six times a year, is going to see a combination of Stephon Gilmore, Tredavious White, and Byron Jones. But all the corners in the NFL are trash, right, Joe? All the so corners in the matter. NFL are trash, but at some point, you know... <laughs> Ryan, ready? So you know those Febreze trash bags? Yeah. Yeah, so like Gilmore and Jones and Tredavious White are Febreze trash bags. They're <laughs> oh, still okay. trash, but they're just, they smell better. So they're like a little better than your Mark, average. Mark, just to let bag. you in if you haven't caught it. Joe, literally, anytime we try to bring up a corner's name, it, he just tells us how bad not, they are and how they can't not into anybody. It. So, yeah, yes. I'm getting the sense. Not into yeah. uh, the position. Okay. I, I love Stephon Gilmore, but he had a bad year last year. Um but again, he's he's seeing three of the game's top cornerbacks, six games a year, with currently either going to be a rookie quarterback or Sam Darnold. Corey Davis isn't even in the top 30. Wow. Not, doesn't even sniff it. Doesn't even sniff it. I don't care if he's the one or he's the two. He won't sniff it. I think at he's all. Cause, cause easily the, the, top 24 and pushes top 20 pretty easily. No, he's not. Because the second cornerbacks of the Patriots are J.C. Jackson, who led the league in interceptions, and Xavier Howard, who was second in the league in interceptions. Does, so those, Corey, does Corey Davis lose points if there's an interception thrown? No, but if those guys are playing coverage <laughs> on him, guess who's going to win the jump ball? Not Corey Davis. Uh, I don't know who the second DB is in Buffalo, honestly, but I'm not too worried about it. Um, well, it was Josh Norman, but he's a free agent too. So. Yeah. Well, Josh Norman is garbage. Like, you want to talk about a real trash bag? That's Josh Norman. <laughs> um, on the field hasn't been good That's since. Generic he... brand. He's not even considered yeah. glad. Yeah. No. He's he's literally like yeah. You have you know the the glad for breeze trash bags are the AFC East corners, and then Josh Norman is like the great value brand that like breaks when you try and put like too much food in there. <laughs> That's Josh Norman. <laughs> Um, Febreze is loving this. It's just, it's free advertising. So this is actually, uh, well, we were about to move to the side. So bram, 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 very quickly, because Adam Schefter has tweeted, uh, Rams tight end Gerald Everett is signing with the Seattle Seahawks. So his career is over because Seattle hates tight ends. Let's get to Angie's question. Um, actually, they just hate Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, everyone just hates Jimmy Graham. I, I take that he had a like top six season there though is first or Ryan, second year. Ryan, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Um, so Angie asked, you think Larry Fitzgerald will hang it up? And Josh, I know you have thoughts, but quickly, I don't, I, should he? Yes. A hundred percent. He needs to get it. He needs to retire as a top three wide receiver ever. Um, he's really, he's basically fighting Randy Moss for number two. You then look at um, who, who, who he's, who his teammates are going to be. He's going to come back for another year because he's going to be playing as the fourth receiver in between Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. He's going to come back for another year, in my opinion. But should he hang it up? Yes. Josh, to you. When they went out and signed A.J. Green, my first thought was, wow, why? Like, you have Fitzgerald in the slot. You obviously, we know what DeAndre Hopkins is. And Christian Kirk is slowly kind of making those strides. If you go out and you bring in AJ Green, you're thinking, in my opinion, I'm thinking one of two things. One, his old ass is moving into the slot because he can't beat outside corners anymore. 
Like we, we saw that last year. I don't know how you have over a hundred targets and only catch 48 balls. That's a problem. Moving into the slot that relegates a lot of those concerns. It's the same thing that happened with Larry Fitzgerald. When he lost it on the outside, he moved inside that helped jump, keep his career going. And I think you could see a similar situation with AJ green, but if you're content with keeping him on the outside, now you've stunted Christian Kirk. Now I understand two years ago, the Cardinals, and even last year, they were top two, top three in the league in four wide receiver sets. This is a format that they like to run. But you also spent a second-round pick on Andy Isabella a couple of years ago. Now you've basically thrown that pick out of the water. So I just, like, this this move to me just, again, it signals one of two things. You've lost faith in Isabella and Kirk, and you just want to run it back with the veterans, or you're planning for Fitzgerald to leave, and you want to bring in someone else and let them run the slot. I don't think Fitzgerald's coming back if after this move. That would be my guess, and they probably already know. I mean, they that they, you know that there's a wonderful relationship there, and I I don't know. It just seems to me like why would you? Can you really imagine Larry Fitzgerald and AJ Green on the field together? I it, this this signing kind of baffled me for the money and and for like the other guys out there that you could target even in the middle ranges. Threw me for threw me for a loop. He, here's where I see this now that Josh talked more about it. I said earlier they were a terrible red zone team. Like they, they couldn't figure it out down there. They ended up kicking too many field goals. I think AJ Green at this point in his career is still when the he his catch radius has shrunk by a sizable amount. Yeah. But if the ball hits his hands, he's gonna catch it. Like I think if the ball hits his hands, he's gonna catch it. He, you, you don't really lose that as a receiver, especially at AJ Green's caliber. Could this be to open up opportunities in the red zone for DeAndre Hopkins? Like, could could this be where, you know, Hopkins maybe sees more one-on-one coverage? Or if Hopkins gets the double coverage with the safety over the top, does that open A.J. Green for one-on-one coverage against the third-best corner to win a jump ball? i take A.J. Green in that matchup any day. So I think maybe this helps them on in the red zone, whereas, and I still I think Fitzgerald comes back for one more year. He tries it because at this point, I think this is the best Arizona roster they've had since they went to the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. I think this is their best roster they've probably put together. Sucks that the head coach is going to absolutely hinder that entire roster, but that's that's not the point. It's an interesting point on Hopkins because he did only score six touchdowns last year, which is his uh, fewest since 2016. So if this is something where it's literally just going to, especially in the red zone, take coverage off of him, it's going to be, I, I never thought it was a bad thing for Hopkins, but it's an interesting point that it could actually be a good thing for Hopkins. I don't know how I feel about it from an AJ Green standpoint, but um, it's funny a few weeks ago, I was saying Larry Fitzgerald needs to hang him up. I think we're starting to get into legacy hurting phase at this point. And I know he's never going to tarnish his legacy, but it's just not Larry Fitzgerald anymore. But now with green there and the fact that they do run a lot of four wide receiver sets, I'm like, ah, come on back. Let's see what, let's see what happens here. And and that's what I think is probably in between the twenties, you'll see more Christian Kirk on the outside. And then you'll see a mix of Andy Isabella and Fitzgerald in the, in the slot. And then sometimes you'll see Fitzgerald come in in the slot and Kirk runs outside. But I think at the red zone, you see, you see Fitz and Hopkins opposite or help stack them on both sides and have them run cross routes and get the DBs confused. But I think you're going to see them opposite. I think it probably plays big in the red zone. And to your point before, I mean, I'm looking at this number that 40% of Green's targets in 2020 were contested. Um, he caught 19 of 41, which is five percentage points higher than any other receiver with more than 50 
targets. So he can he can do that and he can use them. I just can't see the two of them on the roster at the same time. But but who knows? I mean, because it's probably a lot of it has to do with with uh, Fitzgerald's decision. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you, you're you're talking about you're talking about AJ Green and Larry Fitzgerald, two of the probably two of the best receivers of the 2010s. Like, I don't I don't know if there's a if there's an argument there. Uh, but you put AJ Green and Larry Fitzgerald as probably top twenty Fitzgeralds in the top ten, but you maybe sneak AJ Green there in the you know later rounds of the top ten in terms of the past ten years in the NFL receivers. Like these these are the two top dogs. They're just getting old at this point. So yeah. I, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, just quickly to graze over the tight ends, uh, we just said Gerald Everett has signed with Seattle. The contract hasn't come out yet, as far as I know. Uh, but some other tight ends, Gronkowski is going to win another Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. One-year, $8 million. Mo Alley-Cox, one-year tender. Robert Tunyon, one-year tender. They're not going anywhere. Three tight ends stay with the exact same team. The third guy that was on a lot of people's radars for tight end was Robert Tunyon, but I don't think anybody thought he was leaving Green Bay. Everyone thought that he was restricted. Green Bay was most likely going to match an offer anyway. So Tunyon stays there. Now, feels weird to talk about, but for fantasy implications, the impact on the offensive line. So I'll run through all these guys. Darrell Williams resigns with Buffalo. Kevin Zeitler signs with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Joe Tooney signs with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Corey Lindsley signs with the Chargers. Trent Williams signs the Ooh. biggest tackle deal in NFL history. Six years. You see the numbers and how petty that final number was. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was great. They like just uh, listen, it. Listen, he's he's a beast. He deserves it. Like he's. <laughs> He's been probably the best left tackle in football since he's entered the league. Like, he's that good. Um, Cam Irving signs with the Carolina Panthers. Matt Filer, don't know who that is, signs with the Chargers. Pat Elfline signs with the Carolina The Panthers love signing subpar offensive linemen. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, none of them are good. Rodney Hudson traded to the Arizona Cardinals for a 2021 third, and I believe like a seventh round pick. It was a late, late pick in 2022, yeah. I believe. Uh, Richie Incognito sign, re-signs with the Vegas Raiders. Alex Mack joins Trent Williams in San Francisco one year, five and a half. And Kyle Long comes out of retirement to play with the Kansas City Chiefs for two games until he eventually gets hurt. So I'm glad the Chiefs are bolstering the inside of their offensive line because that's really what was hurting them in the Super Bowl. Um, it's so, so stupid. They may slide Tooney outside to tackle because Tooney plays everywhere on the offensive line. Yeah, But... I'm just shocked that I they, say my expectation is that he's going to tackle. So. Yeah. My expectation is too. And he slides to left tackle. He's a great run blocker. So he may slide to right tackle, but uh, unless Kansas City does something about their tackles, Mahomes is going to be running for his life. Like he did in the super bowl. Um, Matt, uh, Mark, any of these guys kind of stand out to you that impact a certain player in fantasy football or impact a certain team overall, potentially a quarterback having more time in the pocket. Any of these guys stand out? I love Corey Lindsley to to the Chargers because if you look at um, Justin Herbert was spectacular against pressure last year, but he was under duress from wire to wire. And so if you get, you know, you imagine number one, that offense, I don't really want it to look that different for Justin Herbert, but it's going to, and it's Joe Lombardi's offense now. But if you can get a, if you can spend the next, you know, one or two off seasons making that into a real powerhouse front five, I mean, if he did that against pressure, what is he going to do when suddenly he's, he's kept safe? I mean, they, I feel like the Chargers are always um, trading and pouring investments into their line, and it 
it's like their line always seems to kind of suck. And so the, you, we, at some point, we've got to get this thing figured out. But Lindsley is, I love him. I think he's super consistent, good signing. I love Lindsley as well. I think he's been a solid center in the league, top 10, no doubt, um, since he's since he's been playing. Um, and it, giving, giving your young quarterback more time is never, ever a bad thing, especially with Herbert. Um, yes, he can move, but if that, if you give him three or four seconds to sit in the pocket and sling it downfield, he's got the arm strength to fit it in any hole. And, and Filer, the guy you didn't know was the starting right tackle for the chart or for the Steelers. And he's going to be at the chargers too. So they, they bolstered that line quite a bit. Nice. Yeah. He was filling in for Zach Banner, I believe who was on yeah. IR most of the year. Okay. All right. Uh, Matt brings up Kevin Zeitler to the Ravens should be real good. And Matt, I thought that as well. And then I believe Josh pulled these numbers from pro football focus. And this is something that's going to have you hesitate. So in 2019, he was the seventh ranked guard in 2019. Pretty damn good. Um, A grade of 76.4. Who knows what the hell that grade means, but it's a 76.4. Solid C. Yes, solid C. Um, in, uh, In 2020, he was the 32nd ranked guard in the NFL, 26th in pass blocking, and 38th in run blocking. So if we're going off the assumption that he's 2020 Kevin Zeitler, uh, yeah, not so good considering his run blocking was very below average, actually a failing grade of 63 in the entire Baltimore Ravens identity is run the football. So not good. You you could also say about those numbers though, that it's a little bit easier to block for Saquon Barkley than it is for Wayne Gallman. And so you're going to have an improved situation in Baltimore where it's an established situation and you're blocking for really good running backs and a really good running quarterback. Sorry. He just quickly said, Holy cow. So he sucks. (laughs) If we're, if we're wrapping it up with a bow, yes, Matt, he is uh, not well, and, good. And again, look at the situations too. I mean, you're going from a team that, I mean, Jones is hurt. I mean, Jones but, is. But hold you know, on, I don't even know what Jones is right well, now. Well, they weren't allowed to run the ball last year. They they yeah, had no exactly. option to run the ball last yeah. year. Yeah, but and but, and even when Goldman was running, it it wasn't great. And I don't think that was solely a product of the offensive line. It was just. He's not that good. He's not Saquon Barkley. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's missed like, I think one start or something in since 2014, like he's durable too. So they yeah. needed that. And um, I mean, he was in Cleveland. He was really solid. Um, oh, that was a best in Cleveland. He came right. over in the was, OBJ trade, right? No, he went over to New York. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And you had, you had, your offense went from Pat Shermer's offense to Jason Garrett's. I mean, neither one of those are premier play callers in my book. And it's like, it sometimes it just boils down to your offensive line coach um, and they can transform stuff. I trust that when the Ravens sign a veteran, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to trust this because it seems to work out. On, yeah, I, on, on offense, not always the case, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think, you know, just Ravens fans, temper expectations because Marshall Yonda to Kevin Zeitler isn't, you know, the great, I know Yonda retired. Yeah, I was going to say Yonda retired. Now. Before 2020, yeah, they no, had he was issues on that line last year, though. Yeah, they, it's, they were well, mess. Marshall Yonda was gone, so well, don't expect they lost Ronnie Stanley. Yeah, and then they had to flip Brown from right tackle to left tackle, which when Brown wants right out the door, so and now right, he wants to leave. Right. Because he thinks he's you know better as a left tackle, which I know he was in college. So, 
Well, he also probably sees that Lamar Jackson can't win more than one playoff game. So that's that's a real big issue if you wanna if you wanna <laughs> that's ring. That's the heart of it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the heart of it. That's the heart of it. I will still stand by my statement forever. Running a run first quarterback will never win a Super Bowl. Stand by that statement. We'll never will never deter from it. Um, all right, on to the defensive signings. Now we're making great progress here, guys. Good job. Um, I just like to point out that to uh, Ryan and Josh, who said the Bucks won't be able to re-sign Godwin and Shaq Barrett, y'all go f yourselves because the cap is bullshit. And I was going to say I didn't realize that it was literally all imaginary. I yeah, the cap was imaginary. Yeah. The I cap will say this imaginary. though: kudos to Shaq Barrett because he took less. Like when you look at yeah. what Bud Dupree signed for, when you look at Trey Hendricks' contract or Hendrickson's contract, you huh. look at Leonard Floyd's contract. So. Barrett so, should have got a hundred million compared so, to those. So Josh, so Josh, it's almost like someone said he would take less money to play with a quarterback who would help him win another ring. It's weird. Who said that? It's weird. Some guy who had Tom Brady as his quarterback for 20 years knew that guys that wanted to play with him and get a ring would take less money to win a ring. Well, it's let's weird. Not who said that? Let's not pretend Chris Godwin's happy about his situation. Yeah, he hasn't signed long-term yet. He's only got <laughs> And that was who I was really talking about. Yeah, that's where the whole discussion came exactly. from. Exactly. I, I know, said that's, that's instinct, Joe. I think that's just good instinct. You just seem to have, you know, it's 20 years of knowledge built up there. So. <laughs> With Tom Mark, Brady. Yeah, Mark, it's, it's almost like these guys didn't believe me when I said Cam Newton was going to be the worst quarterback in the NFL and then proceeded to choose them as their, as their start, start of the week. Head, so don't, don't tell me about the worst quarterback in the nfl last cam newton cam newton hey there was a season that i was telling people that brandon whedon was going to make this <laughs> tremendous leap and um couldn't have been like within eight minutes of the season started i realized that that oops was an utterly <laughs> wrong prediction so yeah so. That, that's my last year with Dwayne haskins I, I was comparing that offense to uh the Jameis winston tampa bay buccaneers offense i said you wait he could do this I Oops. mean, if you're if you're talking about, <laughs> if you're talking about off field issues, Dwayne Haskins and Jameis. Well, Winston yeah, Andy really... got the Andy got the turnovers right, not quite to that yeah, degree, but absolutely, <laughs> I, I could have used the touchdowns. But I mean, there have been there's been some really big signings on defense. So you have Shaq Barrett, yeah. Bud Dupree goes to Tennessee, uh, John Johnson, who is a guy no one really knows. So but that's a big signing for your Cleveland Browns, there, Mark. That's Huge a great signing for Cleveland. Yeah, John, I mean, it it got well graded, and I I think the thing is they. They they didn't do a lot in free agency, but they desperately needed a safety. They're like a four-two-five base defense, and they had Grant Delpit as a draft pick last year. They got hurt. They had a yep. trade for Ronnie Harrison who helped, but they had so many injuries in the secondary that it was a need. And I thought they got a guy who is just talking about in the Rams just being incredibly smart, like a super like he can run your offense. He was their play caller, so I like that too. Smart guy will probably play up in the box for them because he's a he's a heavy hitter. Uh, Ronald Darby signs with Denver three years, 30 Trey Hendrickson goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, obviously boomed last year with the new Orleans saints had a few really good games. Danico Autry signs with Tennessee Leonard Floyd signs with the Los Angeles Rams. Carl Lawson signs with the jets. And so does Jared Davis. Uh, unique and signs with the Raiders Dalvin Tomlinson. This is a quiet one for IDP owners. Go back to Linval Joseph for the Giants. Yeah. Yes. Dalvin Tomlinson. Go back to Linval Joseph's days in Minnesota. Linval Joseph was a startable defensive lineman and defensive tackle in fantasy football. Dalvin Tomlinson, same build, does the exact same stuff that Linval Joseph does. 
don't sleep on Dalvin Tomlinson when it comes to IDPs come uh, redraft this year. Shaq yeah, Griffin? You're paying Leonard Williams $21 million a year is why the Giants lost out on but, Dalvin Tomlinson. But yeah. Mark, does he have an earring? That's, that's uh, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to look into that for you and I'll, I'll get back to you. It's I only right. It's only, yeah. it only matters if the kickers have earrings because then that gives them street cred. If the kickers have yeah. an earring, right. it's street cred. Right. Prater has some edginess to him because of I the, love Prater. the jewelry. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I love that. Prater. Um, Shaq Griffin leaves Seattle and signs with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that's a great signing for the Jaguars there. He'll play opposite CJ Henderson. Uh, Leonard Williams, we already talked about, resigns with the Giants. Three years, $63 million. Um, They're going to regret that contract in a year. They're going to regret it, but hey, if there was a year for Leonard Williams... I mean, Williams, look, he earned it. Play he well. played well for him last year, but... Yeah. And I just... I, I hate players. I can't stand when players, they... they you know, they're just like, they're, I'm pissed off, I'm unhappy, so I'm not going to play well. Oh, my contract's up? All right, I'll step up my game. And I, it just... I, God, I hate that more than anything. I really do. <laughs> J- Janoris Jenkins, who was released by the New Orleans Saints... Signs with the Tennessee Titans, who I didn't know this released Odori Jackson. Yeah, yeah yesterday. Wow. It's it goes to show that fast guys in the NFL just never work. Adoree Jackson being the latest example of that point. William Jackson the third coming That's off a fast guy who's worked out. Well, coming off a really good year in Cincinnati, will go and sign with the Washington football team. That Denzel, defense. yeah. Good defense. Good. Very good defense in Washington. And he's only going to look better with that pass rush that they Oh, my have. God. He's going to look God. gross with that pass rush. Uh, Denzel Perryman signs with Carolina. Just another subpar middle linebacker. Old but guys. No, he's good in run defense. And Carolina has one of the worst run defenses for like the last two, three years. Uh, Josh, the Panthers signed to hear Whitehead to help their run defense last year. How'd that work out? then maybe it's a scheme problem. I don't know. Uh, I yeah, I think it is. Airman is good at run stuffing. I know this. I watched the kid in college religiously. Just telling you. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's the carrot. Once you put on a Panthers jersey, you forget how to, you know, play run defense <laughs> unless you're number 59, Luke Keekley. Uh Also, really, to bolster that run defense, Hassan Reddick, the speed rusher on the outside. This, <laughs> I, I was a, I like the D, I like the contract. I think Hassan Reddick has two good games a year. And he gets one game where he has five sacks, and then he disappears the rest of the season. So, Panthers fans, you'll be All happy right. with them. Yeah, you All Panthers right. fans, you'll be happy with them for a game, and <laughs> that's it. That's where you're gonna go. They do feel like he was used incorrectly for years in Arizona before yeah. last year, but I mean, that's you know, there's got to be more to it than that. And correct me if I'm wrong. He was a, was he a first round pick? He was, I, I think. I, I believe he was. Yeah, right he was. Now. He yeah was round like one, pick 13 overall. So I, I think you, you look at it, 2017 draft. As a first-round pick, he has, he has not lived up to expectations. Oh, absolutely not. Being a top 15 pick. If I told you Hassan Reddick was a third-round pick, I feel like you'd be pretty happy with his production. Yeah. Again, yeah. is he good? Yes. Is he a first-round top 15 caliber player? Hell no, it's not even close. So... Last year was his first year in double-digit next. A big brr-brr-brr about to happen right now, Ryan. Uh Uh-oh. Steven Sims is no longer relevant in the Washington football team's offense because Curtis Samuel has signed Ah. with the Washington football team. So let us us discuss that because he was one of the guys left on our top available free agents. So we can cross Curtis Samuel 
off the list. Mark, the Washington football team have signed Curtis Samuel. How does he fit into that offense? I love it. I mean, I I think you could you could love him anywhere. And the way that the Panthers, you know, the Panthers have scheme issues on defense. They last year they did not on offense. I thought that they basically he's getting whatever contract he's getting because of what they did last year with him. Yeah, he can do it all. Um, you know, I I guess Ryan Fitzpatrick, like you said, could probably help um, a number of these guys um, fantasy wise. But I would just say that is this really their final destination with the quarterback situation? I know Ron Rivera it seems like he wants to play an aging veteran at quarterback until. Um, Jesus returns, but it, 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 I do, I do wonder if there's something else happening there, but I love it. I think Curtis Samuel had been matched with, with Washington by many for logical reasons. Um, and they're getting him at the right time in his career. It, it's it, it, suddenly because they're not gonna have to win games 17 to 10. If they start to get some of these offensive pieces, right? Exactly. He signed for three years, 34 and a half million, making his AAV about 11, three. That's not a bad contract no. at all. Well, again, what does it matter? The cap's a myth. So what does it even yeah, matter? That's true. What does it even matter? Factor that in. Point? Yeah. Yeah. Factor the cap being a myth. But I, I love the signing. I think Curtis Samuel signing there, fantastic signing. That gives Terry McLaurin even more of a reason to get open because now he has an actual weapon. He has a legit weapon opposite him. Yep. A legit weapon. This also helps this also helps Logan Thomas. I love a him. Bit. Yep. So uh, obviously Logan Thomas will be will still be seeing probably his normal coverage, but now the defense has to account for another weapon not named Terry McLaurin. And you have to account for jet sweeps and things like that that they didn't have the capability of running last year, which can free up the tight end on bootlegs and things like that. So. Which can also free up more opportunity for Antonio Gibson because if they bring Curtis Samuel in motion, that may get the middle linebacker thinking he jumps on the jet sweep and now Gibson has a free reign up the middle. And yes, the Washington football team offensive line isn't the greatest in the world, but I think that's probably something they target in this year's draft. They're not bad by any means, but they're not great. But we already have a Curtis Samuel trade question in right now from Matt, who has basically been running the show. Appreciate you, Matt. Yeah. Um, The 205 for Curtis Samuel in a super flex PPR. What do we feel in there? I think that's a little high. I feel that's steep. It, uh, in a super flex, I think that's a little high. Okay. Mark? I mean, this is not, I wouldn't consider this to be my area of <laughs> dense expertise. So I'm going to go with what you guys had on that one. But but, okay. but it, I agree, a little high. That sounds right to me. Yeah. How about that? I would love to know if it's a 10 team league or a 12 team league because yes. right around 15 is when the talent starts to fall off for me. And so if it's a 12-team league, I probably make that trade for a known commodity and a good offense. In a 10-team league, I think I hold on to the pick. If you can somehow swing a back end of the second, like if you could trade someone away and get a back end of the second round pick and then flip that for Curtis Samuel, I think that works. I would look at, yeah, like a back of the second. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what I just did with me and Josh. I gave up the 210 for Corey Davis. That's a fair deal for this type of wide receiver. So Yeah, and I, like I said, I, I gave up. I The 210 is basically. Where you could very well see five quarterbacks go within the first 15 picks. In exactly, in a super flex. Oh, easy. Crazy, yeah. so. I mean, if, if, if there's a team, I mean, in a super flex, yes, I think all five will probably go in the first round. I would even argue at that point, 12. So you say it's a 12 team league. So I think at that point, I, I would I make say that so. trade. I would say if you no, like are you guys Curtis always team, in the same league together and you're conducting trades with each other, you're, I, I would imagine you'll be like in 14 leagues, like some of the fantasy <laughs> people. 
I'm in a ton of leagues, but I'm actually only in one league with these guys. Now we do a redraft league together as well once that gets in, but I'm only in one dynasty league with these. So guys, when you fleece so. someone uh, on the show, like it is a huge, oh, yeah. massive victory for yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. 100%. And it helps again, because while I joke that I'm an open book, we all talk about our guys. So I fully, when I put the two Patriots tight ends on the trade block, expected an offer from Joe and he did not. Disappoint, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> he, well, here's the thing. Funny. He smartly put Hunter Henry on the block. Cause I don't, I don't like Hunter Henry too much. I think he only has a big touchdown upside. If assuming their quarterback situation stays as is, if, if, if they somehow in, the good grace of God and Jesus swing to Sean Watson. Get every Patriot you yeah, can. Yeah, that was, that was a great point Mark brought up because I, I would not expect them out. We talked a little bit before the show that it certainly seems like Carolina is is ramping up for a, for a run at Deshaun Watson. Because, I think San Francisco I'd watch too. Yeah. I yeah. Well, here's the thing. David Tepper is willing to give up Christian McCaffrey, five first-round picks, Jeremy Chin, and the new uh, MLS team in Charlotte to get Deshaun Watson. <laughs> well, and it seems like the interesting dominoes falling into place with the uh, Tarad Taylor going to Houston. Yeah, and then you still heard the Jimmy Garoppolo to New England rumors even after the the Cam thing. So I kind of knocked those dominoes down a little bit too, where. Terod Taylor goes to Houston. Deshaun Watson goes to San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo goes to New England. It fits a little bit too nicely to be reality, but it does seem like something that might happen. It's so. not totally ridiculous that Jimmy G could wind up with Nick Casario, who knows him really well, drafted him, part of the team that did, and Jack Easterby, um, you know, please. But, I mean, what's whatever his role is, like, he knows him. I don't know yeah. if that's a positive or a negative at this stage, but... <laughs> So, um, and I, I hate talking about the Deshaun Watson thing because he's literally linked to all, all teams so, besides the team Chiefs and the Packers. Yeah, any team that needs a quarterback. Um, but Mike Silver from NFL Network had said earlier today there was a few different teams, and he had mentioned the Patriots last, and he said he never said anything about the Pats inquiring or anything like that. He just basically said what Mark said, the relationship between Belichick and Nick Casario. And honestly, if I'm putting odds for what the Patriots will do at quarterback, they draft one. I think that's their highest odds. I think they draft Trey Lance. I think because that's the guy that falls to them. I think they draft Trey Lance. And weirdly enough, I think their second best odds is Deshaun Watson. I don't think it's Jimmy Garoppolo because I really think San Francisco is adamant about keeping him as a backup for some reason. And they seem to be building a wall around their quarterback if it is Jimmy Garoppolo with yes. these new offensive line signings. So. Yes. So I, I do think, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's in question. I think he's probably third or fourth on the list of possibilities, but I do think, we, and that that tells you how much I'm all in on the Patriots probably drafting a quarterback in the first round. Um, I think Watson is the second best option. I, they They have, I think they have the stuff to do it. But it's just, is Belichick going to pull the trigger? And with how he's been spending his stimulus check, clearly he is <laughs> he is gung-ho. That stimulus check hit, bang, he's he's right. going for it. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's the second best odds. But where, where Deshaun Watson's going to end up is a, is a mystery to everybody. No one, absolutely no one knows. Even Deshaun Watson doesn't know. So I think it, well, there could be no one or two. He could hold out. You know, I mean, like that. Yeah, I don't Carson think Palmer. that the Texans are realistically looking at the fact that Deshaun Watson is pretty clear about the fact he's not going to play for them. And it's nothing to do. He, he may like their head coach. You know, David Culley seems like a good guy, but David Culley isn't the reason that he's annoyed. So it's like, I, yep. they've got to wake up and get as much value as they can, because this seems irreparable. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. Here's a fun question with the moves that Washington's made and the offensive pieces they have and now the defense. How desperate do you think they will be to try to move up in this draft to get their quarterback to take advantage of this window, whether that's draft or even in free agency? Well, they took their quarterback two years ago. He's now on a practice. I, I wouldn't say that they took their yeah. quarterback. I think that they were just like, hey, we need a quarterback. We'll just settle for so. That. With Samuel being there and then Ron Rivera being there, does Trey Lance not feel like the perfect guy for them to go get to? Like that just that one seems real interesting to me. So Yep. Oh, uh this Trey is Trey Lance fits in a lot of different places. Well, that's true. I mean Trey I Lance fits today's NFL. Yeah, I think he fits really well with Carolina. I think he would fit with Washington. I think he would fit with San Francisco. I, I think there's a lot of different places he could fit, but yeah, I, I I'm not singling out Washington here. I think that they need to. Th- this is their window, and I, I don't know that. Like, yeah, look, we all love Fitzpatrick. He's such a great dude, great personality. Right. He knows how to win, but he hasn't really won, if you know what I mean. I and I, I don't know that you can expect that now at what 39 years old he's going to be this year. I I think that Fitzpatrick in a lot of his situations have been, has been relied on. And I'm not saying Fitzpatrick by any means is going to go on and win a Super Bowl here, but he's been relied on a heavy part of his team to carry. Mm-hmm. And bad teams. In bad, bad teams. Cincinnati Ru- teams, bad Buffalo teams, but bad now, New York teams. Now Ron Rivera is basically saying, can you get me 21 points a game? Because our defense is going to hold him to 17. And I, but think I don't I, like that strategy. Is a t- I hate that strategy by it's a coach, a tough but you're exactly right that that, I think he just wants a quarterback he can trust. I don't think that precludes them from being aggressive and moving up in the draft a little bit. Yep. I think I mean, maybe, you know, they they bring in Fitzpatrick and they have the idea of moving up and drafting a guy, having Fitzpatrick there to kind of teach him like he did with Tua and then, you know, handing handing over the reins and, and hopefully it, it, it turns out well for them. He taught him he was five times more exciting than Tua. That was the problem. Like they you gotta you can't have him up, you know, if you're going to get the rookie in there, like it's like Fitzpatrick is a tough backup because he's yeah. too intriguing to watch. You're going to have people calling for him and asking pointed point. questions, you know? If you're going to go from gunslinger Ryan Fitzpatrick to check down out of the backfield to a tug of Iloa, it's not really entertaining for your. <laughs> well, and that's my thing, you know, Joe, with what you're talking about. Like, you know, if that's Ron Rivera's philosophy, hey, I just need you to get me 21 points. That's not in his mentality. It hasn't right. been for 18 years. No, Ryan Fitzpatrick is trying to score 42 points. Well, exactly. Exactly. And that's what he's going to do. And he's going to turn the ball over 20 times. No, sure. But and what, I'm, what I'm saying in that point is I'm not saying Rivera is going to call off the dogs to 21. I'm saying Fitzpatrick, he's basically saying, Ryan, if you can get us 21 points, we're going to win. I don't care what, it, what the hell you do. Get me to 21 points and we'll win this game. Like th- throw two picks a game. I don't care. We're going to get, we're going to win <laughs> because our division is crap. Our division is garbage. Yeah, I mean, at this point, yep. I don't see how you can't put Washington and Dallas at the forefront of the East right now. I and put that da- pains I put, me to say. I put Dallas at the bottom. I don't. I don't care. I don't know Dallas that I'd has. put them at the bottom yet because the bottom. they do. Like, look, if Dak comes in and is is the Dak that we saw at the beginning of the year, which I'm not saying he will be coming off of that injury, but if that's what they are. They have the offense to be able to compete regardless of how bad that defense is. 
their defense was giving up like 34 points a game as they opened up what like two that's and fine four all they something. have to do is score 37 right <laughs> right exactly i think i think dan quinn will help. i know dan quinn fizzled out big time as a head coach but i think that he will improve that defense there's no way they yeah. could be more discombobulated and confused than they were you mean all i know is my eagles are finishing last in that division i don't see any way that they're not at this point all i know is mike nolan still got a job after coaching two of the top five worst defenses in the in nfl history and i think that's just ridiculous oh you always get they always get jobs they'll never as long as they're breathing they'll keep getting these you know it's all about who you know cockamamie as old people say (laughs) um a phrase i use daily Yes, (laughs) Yes, that's cockamamie. Um, all right, just reviewing some of the top available free agents, and we'll go around the room quickly as we wrap up to say where we think they will land. Um, we'll start with the receivers. Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, Judas Mishuster. Those are the top available receivers. Um, I just want a team. I don't want an explanation. Josh, where do we think Kenny Galladay ends up? I think he's going to the Giants. I think that's okay. kind of where he's at at this point. Okay, Mark? Kenny Galladay, I am going to go with this Cincinnati rumor. I kind of like that. Nice. Okay, Ryan? Just to throw another team out, I'm going to say Miami. They need to add a wide receiver, too. Okay, opposite Devontae Parker. Um, I would I would love to see him in Cincinnati. I know he's been linked to New York. Um, I, I would love to see him in Cincinnati. We'll go with there. Uh, Will Fuller, Josh? I can't remember where I said before, but it, uh, I'm, I'm, if they can make it work, I know they just signed Aaron Jones, but give me Greenback. Mark? I'll go Miami. Ryan, I know you're in on Green Bay. That's yeah, I don't even have to ask you. Can't change my answer. Green Bay yeah. all the way. <laughs> I don't even have to ask you. If they can sign Will Fuller in Green Bay, that'd be ridiculous. So I'll go Green Bay as well. Uh, Judas Mishuster, Josh. I, I like him in Miami. Okay. Mark? I'm going to go New York Giants on that one. Okay. Ryan? I feel like Indy needs to do something. They need to do a lot of things. Yeah. They're saving money, though, for Nelson and Braden Smith and yeah. Darius Leonard. Darius though, Leonard. So. Uh, but I don't think Juju be that that expensive. Um, I'd like the indie pick. I'll 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 piggyback on Indy. I like that pick. Uh, running backs: Chris Carson and Leonard Fournette. Starting with the uh, Mister Fumble himself, Chris Carson. Josh. I I like Pittsburgh as a low as a low price option there. Cheap option. Yep, Mark. Yeah, and my little matches article that's lost on the internet now. I picked him to go to Pittsburgh too. I I, I agree with you. Nice, Ryan. I'm going to stick with uh, any other coach is going to bench him for his fumbling issues. I want him to stay in Seattle. So I, I would agree for the, for the sane of fantasy owners, you better yep. hope he stays in a- Seattle. Every decision I make is for fantasy owner sanity. <laughs> yeah. You, you better hope he stays in Seattle and Leonard Fournette, Josh, I know you're gung ho Atlanta. I don't think it'll happen, but I, that's honestly where I want him to go. I I've heard the rumors that Seattle's in on Fournette. So we'll yeah. see what happens. I would, I like Fournette. I think Fournette would in Seattle would be good. Mark. Uh, I'll go back to Tampa Bay, maybe run it back, baby, run it back. It doesn't bring everyone back. James White too, you know, listen, when I saw the rumors that James White was linked to Tampa Bay, I, 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 of course he is. Yeah. I I had to change my underwear. Essentially. That's all. Um, so, and if you're listening players of my dynasty league, um, if you know, <laughs> I will probably overpay for James. And White. if you're listening, James White, go to Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, James White, please go to Tampa Bay, please. Ryan, where would you like to see Leonard Fournette? I, I'm still in on Atlanta, but I'll throw Pittsburgh as the other team. One of those two. Okay. So. 
Uh, I think Atlanta's a great option because you always have Arthur Smith coming off of Derrick Henry's two best seasons he's had exactly. as Arthur Smith as his OC. I also don't think Leonard, I think Leonard Fournette in Seattle is also another great option despite Seattle getting rid of Jermaine Effetti, who is one of their best run blockers. So that's something that kind of hurts there. Uh, for, I won't even discuss, oh, I guess we can, eh, I don't even, eh, I'll just name these guys. Uh, Villanueva, uh, Alejandro Villanueva and Mitchell Schwartz. Um, keep keep an eye on the Chiefs for Villanueva. Obviously, they, that makes sense. they jettison both their tackles. They need somebody. If Villanueva hasn't signed yet, he may not crack that big money contract that we've seen guys like Bakhtiari, uh, Trent Williams sign. And he's got. And they re- went after Trent Williams too. Yeah, they really want it, so they're ready to they're ready to pay someone, and there aren't a ton of them out there. Yeah, say, and he's got to be ring chasing too at this point. So yeah, he's yeah, been in the league I, for a while. Yeah. I, I'm I could be if they bring Villanueva in as their left tackle, that Mahomes is getting sacked three times a game. <laughs> Villanueva is just too slow. He's too slow. Um, you're playing Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram twice a year. You're getting sacked. I'm so it's just it's not ha- Jerry Tillery too, who popped off the scene last year. Not happening. Um, edge rushers: Justin Houston, Jadavian Clowney, and is that Melvin Mel- Ingram? Melvin Ingram, yeah. Oh, I didn't know he was a free agent, so I apologize there. It's yeah. still Joey Bosa, but Melvin Ingram also a free agent. Uh, Jadavian Clowney should just retire because he's not that good. Um, Justin <laughs> he's one Houston- of the most overrated first round picks that's coming to the league in a really long time. It's not even a question. He. If if this was 1980 and he needed to run stuff, we'd talk about Jadavian Clowney as a top five defensive end in the league. As a pass rusher, uh, if he didn't pop that kid's helmet off at Michigan, no one would know who Jadavian Clowney is. He's to me, he's a lot like, like, and I know maybe this is a bad comparison, but like we talk about Brandon Graham as you know a good defensive end in this league. He's somebody that can get like he can put pressure on a quarterback he yeah, can get hurry them but he doesn't nail down those sacks but he plays good run defense but brandon nasty graham, run defender yeah. yeah brandon graham has never been a 20 million a year defensive end jadavion he, Clowney just needs to understand this is my lane yeah. this is who i am as a player i'm okay with that but i feel like he's no, going to be on like one year contracts for, for the, the rest, rest of time of yep yeah yeah he's a hired gun yeah uh he likes for money. For linebackers, I also like money. <laughs> everyone likes money. For linebackers, is that Jayon Brown? I think so, and I think he signed. Just re-signed with Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, he, with yeah. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quan, Quan Alexander was just released. Quan Alexander and KJ Wright. KJ Wright's basically at the end of his rope. He'll probably get a one-year, maybe two-year deal. Um, big, big linebacker. Um, who was who played with Seattle on their Legion of Boom. Uh, he's been linked to New England for some reason. Um, I, I wouldn't hate the move. I don't mind aging players in New England because for some reason Bill Belichick's just a god with them. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't mind KJ, right? I like him. And then for DBs, is that Anthony Harris? Anthony Harris, Richard Sherman, Casey Hayward, and Patrick Peterson. I don't think Patrick Peterson leaves Arizona, honestly. I think Arizona resigns Patrick Peterson. Casey Hayward's interesting. Casey Hayward has his moments where he's just downright awful. But Casey Hayward, I do like more often than not. So I think Casey Hayward, whatever team gets Casey Hayward, if you can get him as your second guy, or maybe even slide him into the slot if you have good enough DBs on the outside, I think you'll be happy with Casey Hayward. I know Josh and Ryan have no clue who any of these guys are. Oh, stop. (laughs) Stop. 
I know I who Patrick Peterson is. I, I know, know who all of them are. <laughs> I, I just don't care. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. Play IDP. Just because I don't play an IDP. Well, Ryan does actually. I do. And I win. I win championship belts. Yeah. I can see Richard Sherman. He's linked to the Saints. I I can see Richard Sherman with he'd fit with the Jets really well with Sala there. So you know yeah, with Sala, yeah. Can I uh, can I rope back to Ryan saying he wins championships and IDPs? Um didn't you ask me for advice in IDPs? (laughs) In like one week, so you have you are entitled to one fourteenth of my championship. That was uh, ironically, it was championship week, but all so. the money went to <laughs> Women's Sports Foundation. That so. is true. So it all it all went to Women's Sports Foundation. Obviously, great cause. Uh, but I do want to take one fourteenth credit in in championship week for helping you <laughs> pick the correct run. Also, also Faith got like five of the best free agents because of me. Foya Luakun, I called that five weeks. Before everyone was on his ass. Yes, I faith. That's actually the same league because Faith was in a different division and finished fourth in that league, third or fourth. You should be getting paid for this consulting work. You should, Joe. Joe. I I know, but here I am doing it for free, Mark. You know, (laughs) doesn't feel right. Here I am. Here I am doing it for free. Uh, All right, thank you so much, Mark. This was this was awesome. Yeah, my pleasure. Like I'm not I'm not like the. The fantasy side, you know, I, I just sit and listen to you guys sprinkle the wisdom, but um, love talking football anytime with you. Thank you. We, we get yeah, you on for your show. just your pretty face, beautiful looks. That's that's why you're here. <laughs> mm, there you go. That that is not accurate, but <laughs> yeah. I, I I we have to do this like maybe before the season, and I'll have to try to remember what month this was. This okay. This was March. I'm gonna write it down. But we're gonna was, put you. We're gonna put you on the spot on the intro of the show. On the so. intro. Mark, what was the last time you were on? Ah! <laughs> yes. August. Um, I'm gonna start just doing that to people in random. Like, when was the last time we spoke? <laughs> right. Uh, so, Mark, before we wrap up, uh, for those that don't know, where can they find your work? I'm at Twitter at Mark Sessler, uh, and we do a podcast. Right now, we're this week we're doing it every day of the week, um, but typically it'd be two or three times every week during the off season. The Around the NFL podcast. Um, and we uh, have a network show that runs on Fridays, which is sort of an extension of our podcast. We, we try to make it that way. Um, and that's on at 12 o'clock Western time, 3 o'clock Eastern. Um, and it's, it's until, until they decide to pull the plug on that, that is something that's still happening. So it seems like a lot for people to, to track. Just Good luck. Small name things, ladies. Yeah. Small small name things. Small name yeah. drops. Yeah. Yeah. Small name drops. And from our from my buddy Richard, Mark says Mark is pretty awesome. So Indeed. you're not. Oh, thank you're you. Not, What's his nickname? It's uh his name is Richard, but he runs the fan show. Um, thank you, Richard, and fan and thank you, fan show as your nickname. Yes, he is. Uh, he uh he does a lot with the indoor football league. So Bismarck Bucks. I believe he works for the Omaha Beef right now. Mm, um, well. Full full sale grad, repping, yeah. um, sports casting grad, graduated from the Dan Patrick School of Sports Casting. So, yeah, love love Richard. Um, you, Mark, you haven't officially reached awesome. You're just pretty awesome. But I think you know you're on your way there. <laughs> by third, by the third show, and if you remember when you talk to us, you're gonna be awesome. Yeah, and pretty awesome would be better than I'm doing inside my own house right now. So I'm just <laughs> gonna great. flat out take it at this point. That's great. Any yeah. anything anything you can get at this point. All right. Yes. Next week, we'll touch on any additional free agent signings. Do we have a guess? Is it just I us? Have, I have confirmed 
but kind of not really. So I'll announce it on Twitter and we'll talk after the show. But there's a good <laughs> pre-recording for next week's show. So if you have not subscribed to us on YouTube, do go do find it. us because we will not be on Periscope next week. YouTube.com forward slash Club Fantasy FFL. You will get the alerts and the time countdown and all that good stuff. So keep that in mind, guys. Be sure to go there. So we'll talk additional free agent signings. And then we're diving into Dynasty Talk as we get ready for the Stars of Tomorrow series, which is us highlighting uh, some of our favorite rookies at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end leading up to, of course, our draft show, which we're incredibly excited about. But that begins in two weeks. The guests are still TBD, so we are going to let you guys know as that comes up. All right. I I, I think that is, that is everything. Uh, that also... Uh, we are now pimps, so uh, thanks, Matt. We'll career see, change. See, yeah, big, big career <laughs> shift. I have gone from the fan content engagement coordinator with the Bismarck Larks to a pimp. So I think that's a huge, huge career shift for me. Um, I didn't, I didn't study it in college, so it's going to be a real big, <laughs> big culture shock. My uh, wife, my wife is the only earner in our house, so technically, it's what I'm doing. <laughs> hey, that's your, you, you are in that category, <laughs> Mark. Mark, if you if you don't know, Ryan, Ryan, like Ryan, outkicked his coverage by like seven stadiums. He is married to Miss Ohio, 2005, correct? 2005. Miss Ohio, 2005. She she knows woodworking. She she can cook. Sing she opera. Does, she sings opera. What? I know you do something really special. I'm not sure what it is, but in, I, mean, I know that there's got to be traits that you're bringing to the table here. Two, so that's, that sounds two like big things. Nice I got job. in on the ground floor. We've been dating since we were 16 years old. There you go. And I'm hilarious. So, I mean. <laughs> that, that will go a long way. It does. Hot girls and and for she's the making guys. She's making the money. I mean, I, I feel I think you've hit a home oh, run here. I have. I'm, I'm in way over my head at this point. Yeah. <laughs> literally, literally the, the the Devin Hester of, of returners yes. at this point. That's, the Devin yes. Hester Cordero Patterson of returners at this point. Oh, I am so changing my Twitter bio now. <laughs> that is amazing, Joe. I am so glad that this happened. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. For the one Hudsonian, the Fantasy Five, and Mr. Mark Sessler, you can follow Club Fantasy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Club Fantasy FFL. The URL is clubfantasyffl.com. Always remember, defense wins championships, offense wins fantasy football. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube page because we may not be live next week, so you'll get the recording that will pop up same time on Wednesday. It'll still pop up at 7 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday, as we always do, but it may just not be live. So if you want to ask us any questions beforehand about your free agents, also tweet at us or DM us on Twitter or Instagram. We will see you guys next week.